Support for the Woj Pod comes from Wix.com. With Wix, you can create your very own professional website, choose a template you love, and customize it by adding your own text, images, and videos. With hundreds of intuitive design features, you can tell your story exactly the way you want. Want even more for your website? You can easily start a blog, launch an online store, or create an event. Share everything in a click on social media and drive even more traffic to your site with SEO tools to get found on Google. Wix has all the tools you need to create the exact website you want. You can even create a beautiful website while listening to this very podcast. Over 140 million people choose Wix to create their website, so create yours today. Get started now by going to Wix.com. That's W-I-X.com slash Woj, W-O-J, to get 10% off. Hey, everyone. Welcome into another edition of the Woj Pod here in our Manhattan studio with Kendrick Perkins, 13-year NBA veteran, an NBA champion with the Celtics in 2008, and always one of the most honest, interesting, and fun interviews anywhere in the league. Let's get right to it. Here in New York, in our Manhattan studios with Kendrick Perkins. Perk, how are you? Fine. How you doing, Woj? Thanks for having me, my brother. Thanks for coming in. Of course, the champion with the Boston Celtics in 2008, first-team high school All-American. It might be harder to be a first-team high school All-American than it is a championship player, right? There's there's more NBA championship players walking around than there are high top five high school yeah, Americans. Yeah, right? yeah. You were number one high school player in the country, right? Well, for a while, to. A guy named LeBron came along. Oh, you were <laughs> yeah. LeBron's class. All right. Yeah, All right. I was. You're, you're I was. Too. I held it down our ninth and tenth grade year. Then he <laughs> took over. How big were you in the ninth grade? Ninth grade, I was like six eight. Yeah, about one hundred and ninety pounds though. I used to be skinny. I wish I was still like <laughs> that, but I used to be a stick pole man. Shit. <laughs> Perk, you thirteen years in the league. This was the first season that you weren't in the league at all, right? And right. You've kind of come here at 34 years old now. You've essentially made a decision to what? To hang it up. Yeah. Uh, just walk away from the game. You know, you try to, I tried to just like keep pushing there to keep jabbing at it. Try to get as many years as I could out of the NBA. I mean, I tried the G League. I actually retired from the G League, meaning <laughs> right. that I'd never go back there again yeah. in life. Uh, it definitely was a hard league and I tried that. And then it just, I just came to the conclusion that, hey, my time is up. So, you know, I'm, I'm at peace with it and just, you know, just really ready to start the next phase of my life, of my journey. Uh, I think just in the basketball world. Eight seasons in Boston, four more with a the Thunder. Then you're in Cleveland, New Orleans. Did you feel like you got everything out of an NBA career that you hoped you would? Absolutely. I mean, you know, I tell people all the time, you know, the average NBA career is, what, four and a half years? You know, so I surpassed that. I mean, I doubled that. Well, I mean, I was in there for 13 years, 13 and a half. And, uh, you know, I never was an all-star um, or none of that, but I had a long, great career. I played with a lot of great guys, Hall of Famers, played with great organizations, Went to the finals a lot of times. 
won a championship in the city of Boston. Mm -hmm. And, uh, man, I really have no complaints whatsoever. Like, I did. I mean, I would have, it was one year when KG was hurt. I mean, I was trying. It was, you know, Doc gave me and Rondo the opportunity to go out there and, and do us, and I was just having a pretty good year, and I and I barely missed the All-Star game. I got beat out by Al Horford that year, and KG was hurt. But other than that, man, I, I'm pretty satisfied and pretty happy about my whole career. The championship in 08, and then the one, the one that got away and where you go down in game – Six, Six right against the Lakers. Whenever I talk to Celtics players from that time and the coaches, I know when Doc Rivers and Tom Thibodeau ever get together, they say they always end up talking more about that than they do the one, one, the one you guys won. Do you, do you find that with teammates? You guys talk about that year. Yeah, we do, but you know, I, I feel like you know with the Celtics. I mean, when we were healthy. We never lost a playoff series. So who knows what could have happened the year KG set out. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And then at the end of the day, we were up 14 points going into the fourth quarter. Yeah. So it's not like – and mm -hmm. by the way, Rasheed and Big Baby played their asses off in that game. Meta saved them in that game. He did. It was more meta than Kobe. It was. Yeah. Kobe yeah. shot – I think he was – Six for twenty, 20 whatever. Yep. But he, nobody know he also had nineteen rebounds in that mm -hmm. game, so he kind of willed it. But you do think about that. What if, like, man, we should have won that year? Well, really, we was going for three of them. I mean, you know, but you know, you tend to think about that one more than you do the two thousand eight. But you know, it happens. I want to go back. There's more stuff I want to go back on, but. You had chances last year, and I had heard this from teams and coaches who'd asked, do you think Perk wants to coach? And I think you got some of those calls. You probably got more calls on coaching last year than you did playing. Maybe on playing. Absolutely, I did. And I was being stubborn, being in my own way. You know, it's it's kind of when you play basketball all your life, it's, I don't care. I mean, you know, I watched D-Wade, I watched Kobe. They walk away from the game, and they seem like they're at peace, but still in the back of their mind. You know, we're basketball players. So I just had a – last year, the past couple of years, I just had a hard time with just saying, you know what, this is. But now I'm at peace, and I'm like, you know what, I think I could do this coaching. I think I'd be pretty good at it. You know, I'm a, I'm a basketball guru. That's all I do is watch basketball. I mean, you know, it's almost – damn near almost – borderline could give me a divorce with my wife. I watch it so much. And, uh, you know, I watch it so much and I just love the game. You know, uh, she like, why are you rushing home to watch the games? I'm like, listen, they got this matchup tonight. I got to see it, you know, and I study the game and I just watch how the game, how basketball, how like more the centers are kind of getting washed out. The old school centers where you have to have post moves and stuff like this. So I'm like, okay, well, let me look at the coaching part of it. So I started watching the coaching part of it, and majority of the head coaches that played the game of basketball, they're point guards, right? Mm -hmm. They play point guards. So I want to – my goal is to actually be the next head coach that play, that was a big man in the league. I want to be a head coach. Because yeah. I feel like – Point guards are not the only people that know the game of basketball. You know, it's funny, and you're, and you're right, and I've always – coaches will talk about that. Like, there's some now, like uh, Juwan Howard, we 
you know, reported earlier today he's interviewing for the Cavs and for the Lakers. Another big guy who I think is outstanding and I know very well respected by guys he's coached with in the organizations he's been with is Darvin Ham. Right, for sure. With Milwaukee. He yeah. was with Mike Budenholzer in Atlanta, came to the Bucks with him, and uh, I think he's a head coach I in the league. So. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, Patrick Ewing, I remember talked to Ewing about this, and he felt like he went through that at the pro level and finally went back to college that maybe people just don't. Um, well, I think but, because point guards control the game so yeah. much as, yeah. as players, you know, they, the floor generals or whatever the case may be. And, you know, Paul used to always say, you know, Paul Pierce, P used to tell us, you know, big guys, y'all just, you know, y'all kind of dinosaur brains, man. <laughs> we, we, we mastered this, but that's kind of my goal though. You know what I'm saying? Well, was just to try to set that platform of being a head coach as a big man who played the game. Yeah. And I think that the thing that a lot of big men who get into the NBA, there are a lot of jobs I think available for especially younger big men because they teams love to find guys who can still get on the floor and right. teach it and do it. And then the fight is and like uh, Roy Rogers is another outstanding coach. He's in Houston and you know six ten six eleven. I had Roy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know he broke through that. I think and Patrick did that. You know, the Van Gundys, when they worked for him, or Steve Clifford made sure that Patrick was getting to do everything, that he wasn't just, that you don't just let him label you, well, he's the big man coach, he works with exactly. the big guys, right? Versus, no, I'm gonna be basketball coach, I'm gonna game plan, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work in every area, right? And that's the thing, because you can find a job, they, they want a big guy to work with the young big guys, and then you gotta allow yourself to be able to right, break through that. Right. And, and I don't have a problem with starting off mm-hmm. as a, you know, a player development coach and, and working my way up. But, you know, you always want to have that opportunity to better yourself. I think, you know, you. I don't mind working. I don't mind grinding to get where I need to go. Uh, I'm not saying that I need to walk into a situation and need to be given. I don't mind earning it, you know what I mean? And I think, you know, my, my biggest aspect is I think I'm a defensive-minded guy. And the way the, way the game is played – I mean, you don't really have to run sets too much. I mean, your ATO's got to be on point, but it's more of an up-and-down running gun, so it's not like you're just stopping and calling sets every time down the play. So I think if you could just have that mind where you could be a guy who have your team buy into your system and believe in you, like Doc used to always say, if I tell you to run through that big brick wall, just trust me, it's going to happen. You know, like that type of energy, to bring that type of – bring that to the game, I think, you know, it'll be all good. Perk, you mentioned the season in Canton last year in the G League. You know, at 33 years old, Mm -hmm. you're back playing with guys 10 years younger, 12, 13, a lot of them younger. There's some older guys, but nobody with your resume. What was that like to be back I mean, you're flying, but it's a lot of bus trips. It's certainly right. not charter. <laughs> no, not right? at all. South, Southwest, 6 a.m. flight through Midway. to Absolutely. Right? 10 hour travel days. What was it like to go back to that? Well, you know what? At first when I got there, um, luckily I was I was able to be around a great group of guys. And then I kind of I embraced the situation because I've never been the face of a franchise in the NBA, right? So – the can charge made me the face of their franchise. So I was excited about that because, 
you know, we was going in arenas and all of a sudden I was the man for once in my life in the <laughs> NBA, right? So, you know, and I'm getting the ball. I'm being able to do what I want to do. But, man, it's the hardest thing I ever done in my basketball career. Just playing. I mean, you know, as far as just the G League itself. Mm-hmm. Now my coach Nate was great. You know, I had Coach Melvin Eli, mm-hmm. you know, Coach Sam Jones. So the players were great, man, but – it was a great opportunity too because I got a chance to see how many guys that just dream just to forget having a long career in the NBA. They they would just want to have a month of being an NBA player. Like for example, we had a we had a game where we played at the arena at the mm-hmm. Cavs arena, and man, we walked in the locker room and Cleveland was on the Cavs was on the road, so we walked in the locker room and. You know, we getting ready for the game, and I mean, these guys Snapchatting and, you know, Instagramming, and they just in awe, like, wow, man, look at this, like, you know, just really tripping out because, you know, we practice at a church. Right. So we practice at a church, and we had a set time. So we could be <laughs> we could be out on the court practicing. You may look through the right and see the little fitness center, and, you, you know, you see – uh, a yoga place where you have 50 grandmothers <laughs> in there doing yoga, man. So it was, it was real humbling. You know, you had 12-hour bus rides, 6-hour bus rides. I mean, we was going from Cleveland to Florida. It would take literally we leave at 5 in the morning and get there at 7 at night. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it was humbling. You know, you used to – your equipment guys carrying your basketball shoes where you had to carry them yourself. You know what right. I mean? And it was just humbling because – I watched so many guys turn down overseas offers where they could have been making major money, great money. Um, and here they are, man, just in the grind just to reach their goal, passing up them opportunities just mm-hmm. to reach the goal, just to play in the NBA. They didn't even care about having a long career. Mm-hmm. They just actually wanted to – if it was a month, they was good. Mm-hmm. And just – it was cool. I made a lot of friends, a lot of guys like – on different teams, you know, like Kim Birch, a lot of guys like that who was, you know, like, hey, man, Perk, man, can I get your number, man? I, man, I just want to reach out to you, man, and just pick your brain. Sometimes I get discouraged, and I'm like, dang. And it's just crazy because it's like they really hungry. And these are some guys that could have made, you know, 500000 mm-hmm. a million dollars overseas, but just to touch the NBA. So when the Cavs actually called me back up, at the end of the season last year, I didn't take nothing for granted. You know, you take the private jets for granted and living in the five-star hotels for granted and stuff like that, man. And it was just – it was a humbling, amazing experience for me, I thought. Like, I, that was something that I needed to see in my life. You're a great storyteller anyway, Perk. But how <laughs> much you got those bus trips and you're sitting in airports – how often was a guy just wanting to hear stories about playing with KG, playing against the Lakers, playing with LeBron? How much would guys want to hear about that stuff from you? All the time. And, it, and you know what's crazy? It wasn't just in the airports or on the bus. It was like if we was at home, if we was like in Canton for a week or two and we had a couple games in Canton and we knew like games was coming on, NBA games was coming on, like, the whole team would be in my one-bedroom apartment. <laughs> Literally, just like picking our brain, you know. And I was just teaching them. I'm telling them, showing them the ropes, you know, uh, giving my honest opinion to them, you know. And 
it's just crazy because you could tell, man. You could see it. It was a, I see a lot of guys crying, tears being shed, you know, uh, guys that have kids just really trying to make a way where they couldn't even, some of them, you know, had to, you would see them skip meals because they couldn't pay for it. I mean, you know, man, it was a sacrifice. <laughs> it, it's definitely a sacrifice. What, my, what did you think of the G League when you, because you have a unique perspective on it. <laughs> You know what you need to be prepared for to play in the NBA, on the court, off the court. Do you see a league that's preparing guys in the right ways? I do. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it all depends what team you go to, I feel mm-hmm. like. Like, for example, uh, you had some G League teams that had, they had a pretty good organization. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, UNC, uh, Greensboro, mm-hmm. you know, they had their own arena. They had, like you know, their own weight room and stuff like that. So I think the G League do prepare, but it's hard because, you know, it's a lot of backstabbing going on. So you could never really form a real team unity. No matter how much you try to preach it, everybody got the same goal. Mm -hmm. Man, I'm trying to get up out of here and get to the league. So you could go in with a game plan, and the guy might just say, you know, you get in the game, he just might go all the way against it. See a couple NBA scouts in there and just completely, and you can't blame them. So it's like, it's not the same. And then when guys get called down, like, you know, guys who are not playing in the NBA and they sent, and teams send them down to the G League, it's like, all right, now your minutes are gone. Yep. These guys gotta play. So it's like, man, it was very, it was humbling for me. I tell you that, very humbling. Most guys hate tucking in their shirts. I know I do. Half the time it bunches up or doesn't sit right at the waist. But then if you don't tuck a traditional button-up shirt in, it looks long and baggy. Well, there's a reason for that. That's because they were never meant to be worn that way. Now there's an easy solution, and that's untucked shirts. Untucked shirts are different. They're specifically designed to be worn untucked. It's the modern solution to an old problem. No tucking or tailoring required. No matter your size or shape, their shirts are the perfect untucked length. With more than 50 fit combinations, untucked shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. I've tried these shirts and I'm telling you, they will fit your frame perfectly. Plus, the material, color, and designs are second to none. Try it out in person at one of Untucket's 50 stores or go to untucket.com to get started. They even offer free shipping and returns on all orders in the U.S. You can save 20% on your first order by using my code WOJ at checkout. That's untuckit.com, promo code WOJ. If there's one thing I'm sure of, it's that nobody takes their shoes as seriously as NBA fans. From the classics to today's new releases, the market is always hot. But if you're buying sneakers online, there's more than a coin flip's chance that the shoe you're looking at is a fake. So how can you be sure it's real? Well, now you can buy in total confidence with GOAT.com. GOAT.com is the safest way to buy and sell authentic sneakers online. They're the largest marketplace in the world for authentic Yeezys, Jordans, and over 600,000 sneaker listings. They've made the whole process frictionless and trustworthy. 
They do this by only accepting sellers with the best reputation and by verifying all sneakers to ensure their authenticity for buyers. Every detail is inspected, from the stitching and color to the size and weight. GOAT certifies that every pair of sneakers on their site matches exact factory specifications. With over a half million sneakers on the platform and 10 million users, you won't find better prices for verified 100% authentic sneakers anywhere else. So find your perfect 100% authentic sneaker at GOAT.com slash Woj. But you've got to go right now before the sneakers you want are gone. Once again, that's GOAT, spelled G-O-A-T, dot com slash Woj, W-O-J. Perk, you stay close with a lot of people, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of star players have always gravitated toward you, guys you played with in Boston, and you were a starter with them. But even when your role was a little different, like later on in Oklahoma City or in Cleveland, like whether it was Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis in New Orleans when you were there, what do you see in the league now of what free agency is doing to teams in locker rooms, the constant conversation around free agency? Where am I going? Am I staying here? Am I going there? Am I joining up with that guy? We're talking all season long. Do we both want to go there? Like all this is going on, it feels like it's impacting the teams where guys are playing right now and then the teams they might go to more than I've ever felt it before. Do you? No, I agree. I mean, it's just, you know, it's now it's like, it's almost like players controlling their own destiny. It's like, I'm doing this. I don't care what the world thinks. Uh, like I'm going to play with this guy, but everybody cares what the world thinks. Everybody, they, they, they no, do, no right? they do. They, can they act say like they, it, but then no, like, no, I agree. Right? I agree. Every, we all care what, people, yeah, right, yeah. I mean, you want to some have, care more than others, right, right, but yeah. but I think it was said like that what five six years ago maybe, right? Guys, just I mean, I I, I can't explain it. This league nowadays, man, is is crazy because right now. It's even hard to be a head coach because, to me, like, players really have more of a say. You know, they could – all it takes is for a franchise player to say, man, I, I can't play for this guy. And it's like chop your neck off. Head coach is gone. So I don't know, man. It's just it's, – it's, it's different. I mean, I can't even explain it. Some of the things that I see go on is just – it's just, you know, it's crazy to me. And, and it's sad because – you know, it hurts. Like, I got three sons, you know what I mean? So it hurts the next generation that's coming up. Like, it's going to make it tougher because I could just imagine what the next CBA will be like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What about the rules? What, like, the ownership may come in with, you know what I mean, saying, since this been happening, we go strict the rules to this point. Yep. Like, you know, you making it harder on the kids that's coming up in life, you know, that want to be successful. So – I don't know. That's why I applaud guys like, you know, Damian Lillard, uh, who go about handling stuff the right way. You know, he never complains. I mean, sometimes you hear him complain about not getting enough credit, which mm-hmm. I agree with him. Mm-hmm. He don't get enough credit. You never really hear about Russ saying about getting traded or nothing like that or complaining, but some of the stuff that go around, go on around the league is, Pretty crazy. Like that one, I don't know how true it was, but like the Mike Conley situation, right? Mm-hmm. When they was talking about trading him, mm-hmm. and he was like, 
and I'm not going to Utah. And I was like, man, Utah got a pretty good team, and they're well coached. What do you mean you're not going to Utah? Like, Utah is real good, man. They well coached. They got a nice, they got a nice group of guys that's that's very talented. I was just, and I'm just, I don't know. Some sometimes I I think like nowadays guys are not being their own men. You, that makes sense. So mm-hmm. the outside world distracts them. Yeah. Meaning they listening to whoever they daddy, they brothers, they who knows nothing about nothing. <laughs> You know, at the end of the day, sometimes you just have to be your own man. Yeah, and the kindly thing, I heard that. I, I'll, to be fair to Mike, I never heard him say it publicly, and I don't know that it would have impacted how Utah, Utah would have, you know, because he was under contract, you'd, in your mind, you'd say, okay, I would, if we want to do that trade, let's do it, and we think we got a place that he'd, knowing Mike, he's going to be a pro, and if he right. went somewhere, but, well, but you're right, like it, and so, I, yeah, and I, I just think like the, this free agency to me is going to be different because you have – I just think the fact that all the big free agents have won championships mm-hmm. except for Jimmy Butler. And I think Jimmy – where Jimmy is, can he get that four-year max deal? I think that's important whether he gets it in Philly or somewhere else. But you look at the big ones, right? KD, Clay Thompson, if we're going to put him in that group, he's obviously a free agent. Kyrie Irving, right. Kawhi Leonard. And Kemba Walker deserves to be in that group. He hasn't won one. He's Absolutely. Got, he deserves to be in that group. But the A-list guys, like the first, like the guys that we know are franchise guys, they've all won them. And I think that's going to impact free agency because I think guys are going to make decisions based more on maybe the city I want to play in or I want to live or the market or they're not ring chasing. Mm-hmm. And I think that changes. Like when LeBron went to Miami, the thought was then I've got to win a championship. That's my best – in my mind, Absolute, that's my best chance. Absolutely. When KD went to Golden State – that was his best chance to win a championship. Correct. I don't think those are the decisions. I'm not saying guys don't care about winning, but That's I, don't, not, it's no. not, I don't think it's going to be the overriding thing. I think it's more so about guys' brand more so than anything now. I mean, I, I, I feel like uh, winning a championship is not a priority. I think it's, it's changing. It's more so like our brand, how much can I capitalize, how much money can I make, why I want to go, I want to be happy. If I win the championship, okay, cool. If I don't, I will. You know, you know what I mean. Is anybody happy? Is anybody happy in the league? I don't know. I Steph Curry's happy. Steph, Steph's happy. Yeah. Steph and Clay are always yeah, happy for sure. to me. There's less of it. And you know what? People put it on players. It's not just the players. It's true in coaches. Mm-hmm. I think it's true in management. Probably true in my business. Like we put it on the players a lot and say because they're at the forefront of it and you see it play out more. I don't know. I think it's a bigger thing. Everyone is. There's always somebody who has more. The happiest coaches I know are all high school coaches. The, uh, like the most fulfilled, the happiest. Like in college, it's always that guy makes more than me. That guy's got a new practice facility. I don't have one. Right. That guy leveraged, got a new contract. I want a new contract, whatever. And then in the NBA, it's there's a lot of that. And a lot of it is with money, too. So it isn't just the players. I think it's it's the sport. And part of it is. Because there's just so much money in it mm-hmm. for everybody. Absolutely. And then the thing about one thing that I'm, I'm learning just about the NBA coaching-wise is that I want to be that coach that's a lawyer coach. Because and when I say a lawyer coach, I want to be as an assistant. I think the biggest thing you have to – whether you disagree with your head coach or not, I think you still have to be loyal to him. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know – 
over the few years, man, there's been a lot of backstabbing going on. You know, guys throwing their head coaches under the bus to, to you know, get in their place and mm-hmm. take their jobs. And, you know, you just don't see that loyalty no more. And I think that's a key fact. And I think it goes a long way, you know, just with yourself. Because I'm a strong believer what goes around comes around. So I think that's my main focus is going into – coaching as an assistant coach I want to be loyal and make sure I do everything right by my head coach I mean you're not going to agree with everything mm-hmm. you're doing obviously as a coach you got pride you got your ways of thinking and stuff like that but at the end of the day you still want to be loyal I've always wanted to ask you about this perk <laughs> talk to me when, <laughs> in your years in Boston mm-hmm. tell me what would happen let's say team goes into <laughs> the, the room, whatever it's called, where you eat the calf, whatever it is, right? Right. You go in. They got a, they got a chef there cooking for the team, yeah, right? Absolutely. Or you get on a team plane, and there's a spread there, right? Yeah. So let's say players are walking in, and Kevin Garnett sees, I don't know, one of the interns, one of the equipment guys, filling up his plate, taking that spoon, <laughs> put it in, and putting a fork in some mashed potatoes. Okay. What happens? What would happen? Okay. Kevin hasn't eaten yet. Okay. Kevin haven't eaten yet. Okay. Can I say this part first and then answer that question? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Okay. KG is my big brother. He's my mentor, right? So I'm going to do this good part about him first before I tell you about this, okay? (laughs) One thing about Kev is that he goes out his way for the organization, okay? So meaning all the guys that was in terms – all the guys who didn't really have too much, like, for example, the video guys, mm-hmm. the equipment guys, the intern trainers, the strength conditioning coach. You know what KG did every year before the season mm-hmm. started? He bought all of them five suits tailor-made apiece, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. We get on the plane after games going back home. You know what KG also done? He ordered Rue Chris or Morton Steakhouse, not for the players, but for the entire mm-hmm. plane, mm-hmm. meaning who's ever doing the broadcasting inside the organization. Okay. Yeah. And I want to say one more thing. Guys who were in those roles like in <coughs> Boston or earlier in Minnesota who were low-level guys who right. maybe other players didn't even notice, when Kevin sees those guys now, it's a big hug. You were Once you were his teammate with him, you're with them forever. Exactly. Like, I always hear that from them. No, that's true. So we're prefacing with all this. Okay. But what happens when one of those guys okay. try to eat before now, let's KG? let's get to that point. So it was <laughs> it was two incidents I remember, right? So it was like we was in Boston. It was One was Dr. Brian McKeon, right? So Dr. Brian McKeon was great doctor, by the way, great doctor, by the way. But he was a doctor slash TV star, you know, one of those doctors, slick hair, you know, hey, Perk, how you doing, man? Look, check this article out type stuff. You know, good guy, though, but whatever, all right? So I remember one time we used to order Maggiano's, right? <laughs> and we had spaghetti and all type of shit going on on the buffet line. Shit was good. So we come in after the game. So everybody knew this rule, right? Hey, man, don't touch the food. Players eat first. This was established from day one, right? Dr. McKinn, obviously he didn't get the message right. So <laughs> I remember like yesterday. So KG, he wrapped up in this towel coming out the shower. He got he got a towel over his shoulders and 
black as hell, obviously, you know, KG, dark skin, black. He awed up everywhere. He got his all everywhere. He awed up coming out shining and shit. So he like, hey, hey, man. Hey, man, what the fuck you doing? So everybody turned like, oh, shit. Hey, man, what? Walk over there, stand over that intimidating like, hey, man, what the fuck you doing? Hey, man, players eat first. Matter of fact, give me this shit. Took the plate, boom, threw it in the trash right in front of his face. Hey, man, get out of here till the players finish eating, man. Fuck wrong with you, man. We already said this. <laughs> so then <laughs> had another incident. We on the plane. So Brian Adams, we call him Lucky. Head G League coach, right? Aguacaliente. Yes, yes, my guy. Love him to death. Outstanding young coach. Yeah, KG love him to yeah. death too, by the way. He's video guy. So Lucky gets on the plane. I guess he forgot the memo too. He comes up. He's, I mean, you know, getting his food. Nigga, <laughs> 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 the way. He, so KG's like, hey, Lucky, what the fuck you doing, man? So Lucky's like, what you mean, Kevin? I'm hungry, man. I haven't ate all. I don't give a fuck. You know the rules. Players eat first. Give me the shit. Matter of fact, go sit back in the back of the plane. Don't come back up here till I tell you so. So I'm like, ticket, chill. Perk, what you on with me today? That's what KG said. Perk, what you on with me today? So now me and him getting into an argument over Lucky not abiding by KG rules, you know? So, <laughs> man, shit. Yeah, that was a rule. Do not eat before the players. After that, you can eat whatever you want to eat. See, the Adams story, I had heard there was a few more rounds to it. Oh, he, you know what? He actually challenged KG for a minute. Though. Right. Like, but wasn't this, wait a minute, this is how I remember it. <laughs> I, I, well, the way it's been retold to me was maybe it was you guys landed in Texas. It might have been like Dallas. There might have been a back-to-back Mavericks, Rockets or Rockets Mavericks. And I think he had been watching film, stayed up all night. It might have been breakfast. And so he hadn't eaten, and he realized we, he hadn't eaten. Uh, Maybe this is a separate one. And then he came back in, was like, hey, i got to go grab something to eat. I've been up all night watching tape. <laughs> and, and then KG came in. <laughs> there was in the breakfast meet. And by the <laughs> way, the reason I felt so bad for, for Lucky, that day we call him Lucky, the reason I felt so bad for Lucky was because, no, that when you're breaking down film, for Tom Thibodeau, defensive edge, oh, you're yeah. not getting sleep. Right. So I feel no, sorry. No, you're punch drunk. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right? <laughs> so I feel sorry for him. But it was actually another incident where Lucky tried it again. Oh. Yeah. So yeah. he, But he stood up for himself for like 10 seconds. How'd that end? Well, actually, I mean, he became one of KG's favorite guys. Him and Earn, but, you know. So he stood up to him? For about 10 seconds. And then I heard then KG kind of got a little more animated. Yeah, and then that's when it, and then I kind of jumped in and like ticking, man, you tripping, man? What you saying, Perk? What the fuck you mean? You know the rules? And then it was just like, oh man, all right, yeah. Spring is finally here, and if you're looking to get back into a great workout groove, I have to tell you about the latest from Peloton, the tread. Now listen, jogging is nice, but you can't tell me it's enjoyable to go for a run when it's pouring rain out, or worse yet at 8 o'clock at night when you finally get home from work. Well, there's a much better alternative, and that's the Tread by Peloton. Runner's World described the Tread as a gorgeous, hip New York City gym in the comfort of your own home and a go-to training tool. The New York Times said it's like having a personal trainer come to your house whenever you'd like. The thing is amazing. 
It offers an expansive range of boot camp, running, strength, walking, and stretching classes that reimagine the at-home total body workout experience. I love Tread because it's so convenient and it provides an amazing variety of exercises. I mean, you never repeat the same workout unless you want to, of course. And it has a true personal feel. Work up a sweat with world-class instructors who are running, walking, stretching, and training by your side. The motivation is real-time and crazy effective. So if you want an incredible workout experience, discover the immersive and challenging total body training you can get from Peloton Shred. And best of all, Peloton is offering my listeners a limited-time offer. Go to OnePeloton.com, use the code WOJ, and get started. This is what's interesting to me about, like, KG, you, there was a code to the team. And this is where I always think it's kind of funny. You got to go play college basketball to learn how to be, I don't know if pro is the right word, but like there's something in college that's going to help you to prepare to exist in the NBA. And you look at the guys like you and KG who didn't go to college. And I don't know what it says. You, you are the best teammates in the league. And we probably could pick some more out. And I don't know if one has anything to do with the other, but I don't know if there's going to be, and maybe we say this like we say it's not going to be like it used to be, but do guys like you exist in this younger generation? Are they there? They'll always be there, or is the locker room just different now? The locker room is just different. I mean, to me, from the outside looking in, the closest thing that I could see to guys, you know, like that in the locker room is like Golden State. And why I say go to state, it's not because of the talent that they have on the court, but you could just tell, like, off the court, those guys really get along. You know what I'm saying? Those guys hold each other accountable. Now, I didn't go to college, right? But in my opinion, it's nothing that could get you ready for the NBA but the NBA. Mm -hmm. Yep. Period, point blank. Until you get in the NBA, because I didn't see – I didn't see – like, you know, I'm 19 years old, and I didn't have rookies come in from college that was younger than, older than me, but they just didn't get it. Like, they either got caught up in the lifestyle or whatever the case may be. So, you know, that rule with, oh, you got to go to college just to, uh, that's bullshit to me. Yeah. Nothing could get you ready for the NBA but the NBA. What was your college recruitment like? People forget, now you went into the NBA draft, but you signed with, Memphis. Memphis with John Calipari. Absolutely. What was the recruitment of Kendrick Perkins, number one high school player in the country until Le- people figured out who LeBron was, right. right? Until the kid from Akron showed up at ABCD camp, and then, and then that was over. Were you at that ABCD camp when he showed up? Yeah, absolutely. When he showed up, we showed up at the same time. And you came, was, you walked in saying, "I'm number one." Thank no, you no. Tell. Actually, how it went was, I went there my tenth. We both went there our tenth grade year, right? So everybody knew who LeBron was, right? So at that point of time, I was ranked like number 10 in the country. All right, so I go to ABCD camp, and I kill the camp. Like, had the best player rating of all time and all this, right? So throughout that whole year, I was ranked number one. And then all of a sudden, he just grew to 6'9", 6'10", 225, and it was just like over. You know, it was over after that, so I, I was I was cool with that. I was all right. As long as it was LeBron, <laughs> I was straight. What was your recruitment like? My recruitment, to be honest, for the longest, 
Rick Barnes recruited me first when I was in the ninth grade. I started going to a Texas basketball camp. And growing up, my favorite player in high school was T.J. Ford, right? Because mm-hmm. he went to Willow Ridge in Houston, Texas, and for a while, their team was always was always number one. We was always number two in the state of Texas, right? So I used to mimic TJ. I used to love TJ, not because, you know, I was going to be a point guard, but just it was TJ Ford, you know? So I would start going to the camps, and I went to Texas camp, and I did pretty well my freshman year. Rick Barnes, I went back my sophomore year, went back my junior year, and Rick Barnes was really, really recruiting me. Matter of fact, it was out of Memphis and in Texas. All right, well, Coach Cal had a guy that worked, his assistant, Steve Rockford, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, Texas guy, right? Yeah, he's from my, my area. I'm guessing the assistant at Texas who recruited you was probably Rob Lanier. Yep. I went to I went to oh, okay, college yep, at Rob, Rob and, yep, and he's so. a new head coach at Georgia State. Just got okay. the Georgia State job. Yep, Georgia he's State. a Bonnie. Georgia State did mm-hmm. pretty good, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ron Hunter was there. Yep. So um, that hometown kind of Steve Rockefeller was like, and Cal came with a whole nother like. The experience I had was unbelievable. Like, you know, I'm out of Beaumont, Texas, out the country where. Shit, you may see an alligator crossing the street on the regular, right? This is no bullshit. Like, you may see right. that. So my high school coach, Coach Andre Butte, was like, hey, man, you got a college visit with uh with Memphis, John Calipari. I was like, okay, cool. He's like, all right, yeah, man, you going to fly it on this day and uh stuff like that. So I'm like, well, without put, we got to drive to Houston or what? Because, you know, I was already accustomed to flying, dealing with AAU. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, who gonna bring me? He's like, nah, you flying out of Beaumont. Like, flying out of Beaumont, we got a small airport. So I pull up, he dropped me off, and Cal wanted me so bad that I had a guy on my team by the name, name of Keena Young. He went to BYU. Mm-hmm. He actually was conference player of the year, 20 and 9, mm-hmm. when he was there, and Cal was like, I'll take you as a package deal. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, alright, well, that sounds pretty fair. So KT comes with me, and we pull up in this Cal's private jet, right? So this is my first time on the private. So <laughs> they got the stewardess. She meet us at the front. She got We walking on the private. You know, we laid back. They serving us, you know, apple juices. We got M&Ms and shit. So I'm like, oh, man, this is it right here. Get to the campus, you know, it, Cal showed us the apartments, and, you know, he was just like, everything was just kind of like, it almost reminded me of blue chips. <laughs> I mean, he really, really sold it to the point where I called my high school coach. I was like, man, I'm going to Memphis. I'm going to Memphis. I'm going to Memphis. Got to go down Bill Street. You know, I hung out with, with the players. And then I went to a game, and it was in the pyramid. Yep. And man, when I tell you it was rocking in there, it was crazy. So I was like, nah, this it. So I ended up commi- uh, signing with Cal, and that's how it went. I ended up signing with Cal, and I tested the waters for the NBA draft, and I got a guarantee from the Celtics. So I ended up going. Well, it kind of was turned out from, it went bad for my friend, but 
because Cal took his scholarship. Oh. So he ended up going to BYU, so which turned out, out it worked out fine. But did, uh, did Cal make one last push to convince you to not go into that draft? Oh, he did. He was like, I'm telling you, right now you're first round, but I'm telling you, come with me, you'll be lottery. And I'm just like, Cal, man, first round sounds good to me. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> so, I mean, to this day, he, uh, Cal always been a great guy. Like, even when I made the decision to go, yeah. he was like, man, Perk, I wish you the best of luck, man. And if you ever need me and whatever, it's just, you just a great guy, and I wish. And he told me he was like, "You're gonna have a long career," and I was just like, "Thanks, Cal." So it was good. I think you you were actually. I think Memphis had the pick, and they traded you to Boston. Gave you the guarantee, but I think it. I right. think in the record books, right, it says Memphis drafted you. Well, right? so what ended up happening, because it was a trade traded the pick. Right. Yeah. What ended up happening was was that Danny Ainge was high on Marcus Banks at the time, so Boston had the 16th. Then the 20th pick mm-hmm. where Memphis had the 13 and 27 pick and they was afraid that Seattle was going to take Marcus Banks. So all they did was just swap and right. say, okay, I'll take right. your guys. And I think Boston ended up taking Troy Bell and Dante Jones, if I'm not mistaken. That's and right. then we did the trade. That's right. Did it take you a while to get over Danny trading you at Oklahoma City? Were you mad at him or you never took it personal? Well, you know what? I'm gonna tell you what happened. So at first, when I I was on the road, we was in Denver, Denver. Yeah. exactly. And I remember the vibe was funny going to shoot around. It was just like I got on the bus and I woke up and I seen all these trade rumors and I'm like, you know, I'm asking people. I'm like, man, I'm getting traded. They like, nah, man, Perky ain't going nowhere. I'm like, Doc. He never wanted to look at me, right? So he never looked at me. Doc, never, me and Doc talked so much. He never looked at me, and I could just see it on his face. The shoot around only lasted fifteen minutes. So I get to my room and I see, bam, ESPN. Kendrick Perkins been trading. Okay, so I'm like, what? So then one of my best friends, George Davis, he like, oh man, hold your head up, man. Oh, that's a good thing. Okay, see, so got an upcoming good team. Man, you'll be a perfect fit for them. So I'm like, man, I ain't trying to hear that shit, man. This is my family right here. So go to Doc room. Me and him both cry like babies. Then I go to KG room. We cry like babies. I go to Paul room. We cry like babies. Rondo like, fuck this shit. I'm retired. <laughs> right? So I'm like, nah. You, I'm like, nah, bro. You can't do it. He's like, nah, man. Some bullshit, man. They trade my best friend. I ain't with this shit. You know how Rondo is. So I'm like, nah, it's cool. So I didn't know what to expect. <laughs> so said my goodbyes. Doc tell me, Perk, I'm telling you, Scott Brooks, great guy. You go love the organization. Danny called me. Perk, I'm telling you, I trade. It's a great situation for you. This, that, and other. So I get to Oklahoma City. I'm hurt at the time because right. I had strained my MCL on my left knee. So I didn't play a game. I get to the airport, I get like this, it's crazy, big warm ovation. I go there, this is the time before they built their uh, practice facility. They was practicing at the arena. There was a skating ring that they formed into the thing. So I get there, man, everybody embracing me with open arms. And then two days later, Sam, like, I need you to meet me somewhere. Sam Presti, the GM. Yes. Yep. So I meet him, and he's like... We're committed to you long term. 
he'll go four year, thirty six million dollar contract. So right there, everything else in Boston went out the window. That was cool. Because <laughs> you 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 had doubts whether you were going to get that extension, in Boston. You guys had talked about right. it. Right. They weren't ready to commit mm-hmm. to it. So I mean, Sam got- committed to me, and yeah. I didn't play one game, one practice, one game. So you know, once I seen, I watched a couple of practices, and I remember. OKC at the uh the, they was on the road in Orlando and they was coming home. So I'm like, you know, I'm used to in Boston if you have a back to back, the next day is automatically off. Mm-hmm. Man, they came in, had a full out practice. I mean five on five scrimmaging and guys was loving it. And I'm like, wow, like that's when I really got a chance to see James and Serge and Katie and and just when they were staying after practice, I'm like, hold on, it could be something special here, you know? And just a camaraderie. And then all of a sudden, I become the leader of the team. And you have a great guy like Nick Collison there. So, and they, man, Perk, so how was it, man, playing with KG and Paul and them, man? We trying to be just like this. So I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So this, this was up. So it didn't take me long, man. Then when I played my first game in OKC, and the fans are unbelievable. I mean, Boston fans are great. Don't get it wrong. But OKC fans are mm-hmm. more kind of Christian-like, you know, who rah rah. Mm-hmm. Well, Boston fans are more so like if you're on the if you're on the team, you rolling with it. You know what right, I mean? Right. With no filter on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> but it was cool though. It didn't take me long. You know, every player would love to have what Dwayne Wade had, what Dirk Nowitzki had. Farewell. Everybody saying goodbye. This is the end. I'm deciding I want to retire. I'm done. The way it ended for you is how it ends for most guys because you want to play another year or you might want to, and you're bouncing around a little bit at the end so you don't have a connection to the place. It sort of just ends, right? Is that right? It just ends. Yep. But right for, I mean, I probably wouldn't have been expecting all that anyway. No, 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 not yeah, all no, that, but, but something no, like. No, I know what you're like, saying. You know, yeah. like if you're in one place and they have a connection and you could say, hey, this is, a, you may not get a ceremony, but it's still. Just go out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. But like I said, Walsh, I'm at peace with yeah. it, so I'm cool. I'm just really ready to retire, get this behind me, and start the next phase. Now, if you just asked me this a year ago, I'd be like, nah, Walsh, I ain't retiring shit, man. I'm going to keep pushing it. But sometimes you just got to. Face, you know, be honest with yourself. Stop wishful thinking. Like, it's over. You know what I'm saying? And I'm cool with it. Last year, it may have been over and you didn't know it, but you don't know until you try to go play again. The league changed on you a lot, right? How teams use centers, you talked about it. The position changed so much, and it changed right all around you Mm -hmm. during your career, right? Absolutely. And it changed, like, you know, within a one- or two-year span. Like, it just went to... Bam, small ball. Yep. You know, and, and really, to be honest, I think Doc was the first person to really do the small ball thing, even though he started, you know, KG and myself. But, you know, if you look at a lot of four quarters throughout the playoffs, Posey was at the four and KG was at the five, you know, down the stretch of games. We had a lot of blowouts, so it wasn't really necessary. But I averaged like 27 minutes, but – most of my minutes was like one through three, you know what I mean? But a lot of times, Doc went small. He put Posey at the four, James Posey at the four, KG at the five. And then when Miami did it, you know, putting Chris Bosh at the five, when they was making a run, and then all of a sudden, 
go to state doing it. So I think eventually it may turn back around, but it's going to have to be somebody real dominant come in as a big man or somebody to win a championship playing it the traditional way. You think KD stays or goes? My honest opinion? Yeah. Well, what was, you know, man, I got a lot of love for you, so I ain't going to never lie to you, but I think KD might be gone, man. Mm-hmm. I think he might be gone. I think uh, he served his time. He did the right thing in Golden State. You know, obviously if he won another championship this year, but I think he, he – and I think it's time for him to go off and go do his own thing right now, you know. He won his rings. He'll build his legacy somewhere else, you know. Uh, I think, you know, what he could have, what he could say is actually Kevin Durant's team. You know, even though KD steps up in the big moments and Steph is Steph, but it's still going to always be Steph team, uh, you know, in Golden State. So I think KD need to go where it's actually KD team. You know what I mean? I think. And I wouldn't even be mad at him. I actually would love for him to do it. Uh, to me, he, you know, that's one of my great friends, my mm-hmm. little brother. And I always tell him, I wish he'd go back home, to be honest. I wish he'd go back to Washington. Uh, I think that would be great for him. He, he, he never liked the idea before, right? He, he, it didn't. He still don't. Yeah. So I think it runs through his mind, but. He never told me nothing, and I'd be begging him. I tried not to, because me and him, we always talk about personal things, mm-hmm. you know, personal life goals and stuff, but I always beg him to tell him, hey, man, what you thinking about? You know what I mean? But he always, he'll always he tell me two or three days before he make the decision, mm-hmm. but as of right now, he haven't told me nothing. Yeah. He ain't said he, but in my opinion, I think he's, he might be gone. Do you see anyone who beats them in this postseason? Can you see the Warriors <laughs> – not winning another title. If the Warriors are healthy, it's going to be hard to beat them. Even although, man, the Rockets are pretty damn good. You know, the way that James is playing and, you know, they also have the best center in the league, in my opinion, and Clint Capella. I love what Clint brings to the mm-hmm. table. He finishes around the rim. I'm actually watching him now. He's actually catching the ball around the – you know, when they make the pocket pass, he's making moves, getting to the basket. Hell of a shot blocker. Hell of a rebounder. He can switch one through five. Mm-hmm. He <clears> runs <throat> the floor like no other. It'll be interesting, but I think the Rockets pretty much had the only chance at beating Golden State if Golden State stays healthy. And, I I mean, I got to see what Big Cuz going to be like. Because mm-hmm. there's times I didn't seen him – he haven't been. He still put up his numbers, right. but he haven't looked healthy. You know right. what I mean? He I takes heard a full year off that I, injury. Yeah, I heard. Yeah. I heard it's the worst injury to come back from. And so, but the Rockets got to get past Utah first, though. Mm-hmm. Utah is tough. I don't think it's just gonna be a cakewalk. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think it's a lot of teams out there that, and I tweeted this the other day. It's gonna be an interesting playoffs. Perk, I appreciate you coming all the way into the city, do a podcast. Well, I appreciate you having me. It's a blessing, man. All right. Well, we'll do it again. We'll all do right. it again. Thanks, <laughs> Perk. It. Thank all right. you. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Woach Pod. A big thank you to my guest today, Kendrick Perkins. Remember, you can listen to new and archive episodes of the Woach Pod on Apple Podcasts, Radio.com, or wherever else you get your programs. And, of course, a big thank you to our sponsors this week, 
Wix.com, Peloton, Goat.com, and Untuck It. Be sure to support them the way they support us here at the Woj Pod. We'll catch you next time.